Saint Jerome wrote that scripture is shallow enough for a babe to come and drink from without fear of drowning, and deep enough for a theologian to swim in without ever touching the bottom. This gospel story is like that. It's deceptively simple. Ten sick people come to Jesus, and all ten of them are cured. And one of them turns back to say, thank you. But upon closer inspection, it offers up so much more than the sum of its parts. You can almost split it in parts, in half, really. And the first half is the request, the ask. Ten lepers approach Jesus as he enters their village. It's not an odd welcome party if you think about it. Leprosy was a serious illness that forced you out of society and into isolation. So here they are on the edge of a village that is itself a region in between, in between Galilee and Samaria. So 10 people with leprosy living on the edge of nowhere call out to Jesus. You sometimes hear this summarized as 10 lepers asking to be healed, but they don't ask for that, really. They don't ask to be healed. They ask for mercy. That's a lot more open-ended. There's no timeline, no specificity about a cure or their particular ailment. There's not even a request particular to their lives. Maybe they don't know what to even ask for. They're asking for something intangible, for compassion, to be seen by Jesus, that he could open his heart to them in some way. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. What that mercy looks like is up to God. The latter half of the story is the response to that request, of which there are two. The first, naturally, is Jesus. He tells these 10 people with leprosy to go and show themselves to the priests, which is in keeping with Jewish law around illness and healing. And as they go on their way, as they obey him, they are made clean. They are made well. It's important not to forget that. No one's healing is in any way revoked or lessened by what comes next. Because what comes next is gratitude. The tenth man turns back to face Jesus and to thank him. Ten sick people come to Jesus and ten people are healed. The other nine are not any less blessed. A lack of pause to give thanks does not diminish their healing. They have been made clean. But for the tenth man, to give thanks is like another blessing. In gratitude, his joy is made complete. We know his joy has been made complete because the expression of it overtakes his whole body. He stops walking, turns, lifts his voice in praise, throws his whole body on the ground, just as the illness afflicted his whole body, his whole life. The expression of joy and gratitude is a full body experience. It is all-consuming. This story has made me ask, what is it to feel grateful, to experience gratitude? 
It is amazing. It is to receive a gift. We feel seen and recognized. We feel loved. Gratitude can be the cessation of fear and worry when we receive something that we truly need, the comfort of no longer needing to ask. Gratitude is clear, deep breaths. It feels freeing. To feel thankful is to feel whole and well. To give thanks, to express our gratitude, is to recognize that joy and share it. Gratitude finds its most natural expression in praise. And yet gratitude is not just a bonus. It's not just a gift on top of a gift, though in its richness, in its power, it can feel that way. Gratitude is also clarity. It means that we see the world as it is. In recognizing his own gratitude, his own thankfulness, that tenth man, he is fully healed. He is still a Samaritan, an outcast. We don't know if anything else about his material status in life has changed or will change, but he is overwhelmed by gratitude. And so in a new way, he is free. It helps, though, to remember that gratitude can be hard to come by. You're not deficient if you don't walk around always feeling free and thankful. Even in the midst of what is amazing, we can't help but feel palpably what is not. We all live such busy lives in a busy city in a chaotic world. There's always something else to demand our attention another email to answer for work. The monthly paying of one bill is a reminder that the next one is coming, not a relief in and of itself. Our lives are oriented towards moving forward, whatever is next, and the present moment becomes by definition or design never enough. That's when it helps me to remember the beginning of the story. These men who likely had one million things they'd want to change about their lives, and they don't ask for any of it. All they ask for is mercy. They recognize their need. They recognize that it is God alone who can help. Because I think it's there precisely in recognizing what we can't do, what we can't change, in seeing the limits of our own power that gratitude can be born. In seeing what is not, we can see what is. In acknowledging my own confusion and dissatisfaction, the clarity of God's grace and the certainty of the love of Jesus Christ can stand firm for me. Where my sense of control ends, my need of God and other people begins. And when I can acknowledge that gift, let it stop me in my tracks, that's when I know what is true. Our lives are busy. I'm not here to tell you that stress is not real or that complaining is wrong. But if we ever want to pull our lives back out of the grind to enjoy, really enjoy, 
the blessings that we know we have, we need to make gratitude a habit. We need to cultivate gratitude as a habit. Teach it to our friends, our children, model it in the world. Let it stop us in our tracks, in our days. Giving thanks, being thankful, reorients us to the world that we live in. And the first step is recognizing how gratitude feels. We need to let thankfulness fill us up and stop us in our tracks. We need to let it quiet our worry and fear. The way illness leaves a body and health is restored. Gratitude will never be the only thing we feel. It will never banish all the world's troubles or even the troubles of our own lives. But it will help us see clearly the world we live in, the God we praise, and the blessings that we have. So remember the story. Ten sick people came to see Jesus, and all ten people were healed. God does not fail to bless those who does not give thanks. In that way, God is profligate, outrageous in his blessings. God loves us beyond measure. And when we say thank you, we go deeper into that love. We let it fill us up. We can see for ourselves and our eyes can behold, and not as a stranger. In gratitude, our joy is made complete. Amen.